0: Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite sized format. Hey everyone, today we're looking at Proverbs 10 and this is a this is a really interesting proverb here i would call this if i had to label it this is a proverb of contrasts because over and over again all we really see in this proverb is the righteous and their actions their words their thoughts their deeds being contrasted against the wicked and their thoughts their speech their deeds and also god's perspective on both the righteous and the wicked. Now, I want to say right up front, if you haven't, go ahead and pause and read through the proverb. It's 32 verses, I believe, so it's quite a chunk. And I'm not going to read it all here for the sake of time, but please go ahead and read that so you have general context. And uh, I want to just say that overall, this is a great example of reminding people that proverbs are overall General principles, that they're intended to reflect general principles about life and about the way that God designed life to be. And obviously, when you start talking about general principles, I'm sure that many of us can look at some of these sayings that are occurring in this proverb and we can think of specific examples where we would think of exceptions based on immediate circumstances or other things that we know about. But I would argue two things here. One is that the fact that we can think of exceptions, is these are the exceptions that prove the rule, that generally speaking, God has designed life to work this way. And though we can think of times where it sure doesn't seem like that's how it's working, the majority of the time it does. But also that these are not just general principles for the here and now. These are general principles that are eternal principles in nature. And so they should properly be interpreted in light of all of human history, in light of all time, so that we can look back at the whole of history and we can say that in general, everything that is described here was true, that the righteous will be vindicated, that the wicked won't get away with anything, even though it seems like maybe in This particular circumstance or that particular situation, it doesn't seem like it. We should be thinking more broadly, more long term. From God's perspective, these are principles that are true. Now, of the 32 verses in this proverb, this is an interesting thought that I just want to leave us with today and sort of elaborate on for a minute because it is one that I think we should find challenging, maybe convicting or. Uh, just a, a challenge for how we think and live in our own lives. But of the 32 verses in this proverb, about five are specifically about the consequences of wise actions versus foolish actions. And I'll say that again, about five verses are about actions or deeds. Now, when we contrast that with the fact that there are at least 12 verses in this proverb, which are specifically about the consequences of wise words versus foolish words. This ought to be, I think, a major tell for us that the overarching or one of the overarching points of this proverb is that if you really want to go after wisdom, if you really want to pursue a higher degree of, uh, of of self-control and of wisdom and of just maturity in your life, that the place to focus is on your words, on what comes out of your mouth. And And multiple times in this proverb, the fool is described as having babbling words. It's this idea of just like a I think of like a babbling brook, right? It's just this stream of water. It's just this constant flow that just won't shut off. It won't stop. In fact, in verse 19, this is a memory verse for me as a teenager because I really struggled with not being able to shut up, frankly. And so this verse, Proverbs 10, 19, was one that I committed to memory many years ago of that when words are many, sin is not absent and that he who holds his tongue is wise. In other words, if you just talk long enough, you're going to say something dumb. You're going to say something that's better left unsaid. You're going to say something sinful. You're going to offend someone. You're going to say something hurtful. So it is better, it is wise to limit the amount of words that you say to really just have the self-control to say, do I really need to say that? And only when it is necessary when it's good when it's edifying do I try and speak and that is a that's a lesson that we get right out of this proverb we even see a similar principle in James James is very keen to point out how hard and difficult this is for for believers uh, to tame the tongue. He talks about it in James one nineteen that we should be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to hear. Also later in chapter 1, verse 26, he basically writes that anyone who can't restrain their tongue, bridle their tongue, is uh, deceiving themselves if they think that they are a mature Christian. That this is an extraordinarily difficult thing for us to achieve as Christians, but it is absolutely essential if we want to grow in our sanctification, if we want to grow in our maturity and wisdom as a believer, that getting a handle on what you say and when you say it, and how you say it, and to whom you say it, is a key sign of maturity. And it's also something, though, it's it's in Scripture often for a reason. And I think that it is a perfect example of one of these things that the writer of Hebrews says, which are common to man. This is a difficult thing for all people to control. And I think that there might even be room for... Uh, testimony in this, because if a Christian can gain some self-control over their words, over their language, over how they speak, when they speak, what they speak, so on and so forth, it really does stand out like a sore thumb, that people will approach you and just notice that you don't talk like other people, that you don't speak about people, Like other people, that there's just something different about the way that you use words. And that right there can be a huge uh, representation of Jesus Christ to people. And it can give us an opportunity to share our faith. And so there's lots of good reasons. Wisdom and maturity are definitely one, but also opportunities to be a witness, to be a light to others is a great reason to seek to control our tongues and so right out of this proverb i think uh there's some there's some good wisdom some good challenges some good insight into what makes a person wise and uh i don't know about you but i have my work cut out for me so i hope that this has been an encouraging episode for you and i will be praying for all of us that we can learn to use our words to edify and to be an encouragement to one another and to be a witness for our Lord.